the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time. And today we're continuing our introduction of the second step of recovery, that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. This principle describes the process by which we look outside ourselves to develop the hope and faith that there is a power that can and will put an end to our physical, mental, and spiritual addictive way of existing and restore us to wholeness. Now, this being a Christian meeting, the power greater than ourselves is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our proclamation that we're spiritually born again, we're new creatures, our past is washed clean when we accept Christ as our Savior, that's all true. But since we've been born with a sinful nature, we have a lifetime of bad habits, pains, wounds, an addictive or fractured lifestyle. Along with this salvation, we need transformation, and that's the hard work of change. Now, with the help of step one, our change begins. We admitted our powerlessness and unmanageability. In other words, we accept that we cannot defeat Satan, and we made a mess of our lives. In this second step, we acknowledge that God's power is greater than ours. In John chapter 14, we learn that when we accept Christ as our Savior, not only does he forgive our sins, but he helps us overcome our addictions, and he sends an advocate, a counselor, the Holy Spirit, to guide us and help us. In John 14, Jesus teaches, when the Father sends the Comforter in my name, he shall teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have told you. Let me paraphrase this scripture. As a child of God, I believe the Holy Spirit representing Christ on earth will guide me through scripture and restore me to wholeness. Now, that sounds simple enough. Unfortunately, for many of us, this principle presents major obstacles. You see, Satan doesn't want us to surrender the reins of our lives to God. We learned this last week, that Satan won't run and hide just because we're trying to recover. In fact, he'll bombard us with his deadly weapons of obsession and compulsion. And unlike a hamster running on a wheel going nowhere... He has us running on a continuous cycle of obsession and compulsion that does, in fact, lead to somewhere, and that leads to jails, institutions, dereliction, and death. He attacks our minds with lies of pleasure, comfort, coping skills, and control. And in our insane, addictive logic, we believe this lie. And then he'll send his demons of fear, envy, bitterness, jealousy, and hate. He drives us away from reality into these tombs of denial, self-will, guilt, shame, anger, rage, hopelessness, lies, lies, and more lies. 
For me personally, I existed in these caves of horror for decades. For over 30 years, I lived a life of decadence and sin. And I had no concept that sin would escalate into this disease called addiction. I just thought I was a bad person and I was going to die this way. So let me say this to you. If you're caught in the grip of addiction or a dysfunctional lifestyle, you're not a bad person trying to be good. You're a sick person trying to get well. Now, another powerful weapon that Satan uses against us is discouragement. He tries to discourage us from turning to God for help. He tries to close our mind with insane thoughts such as, there is no God, or I tried God and he didn't help me, or I'm tired of all this religious stuff. Here's one he used on me. I'm such a bad person that God has abandoned me. Lies, lies, and more lies. And then there's the Christian with secret addictions. They know God, but are too guilt-ridden and ashamed to accept his power of healing in their lives. It's in this step that we simply desire to know him in the person of Jesus Christ. And we are willing to receive his restoration in his own way, in his own timetable, one day at a time. Jesus teaches anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out if my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Here's another paraphrase. Test this step by doing what it says, and you're going to find out if God is real or not. This step is often referred to as the hope step. Test this step by doing what it says, and you'll find out if your hopelessness turns to hopefulness. Listen, millions of us have tested this step and found this to be true. God is real, and he fills us with hope and restores us to sanity. And when you reach out to God, you too will receive his grace, love, and newfound hope of restoration. When we realize that we're powerless but not helpless, that's where we find this hope. But hope is always a corollary to faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 teaches, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Look, when we realize that God loves us, and when we come to believe in a power greater than ourselves, this requires faith. And in the past, we put our faith in our own power to run our own lives. That faith has been worthless. Now, you might be thinking, I don't have any faith. So let me suggest a short prayer for you. God, I'm not sure you're there, but I'm tired of trying to fix myself, and I'm willing to be open to your reality. If you're a believer, try this prayer. God, I'm tired of telling you what I need. I'm ready to listen. Your will be done. Here's what I've learned. Faith grows through practice, and any time we ask God for help and receive it, our faith is strengthened. And in time, we realize that God will never leave us, and we can trust 
his power to restore us. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus teaches that if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. And in our case, these mountains are our addiction. And these mountains will crumble when we come to believe. Here's what I've learned. From the tiniest particle of faith to faith as big and strong, as courageous as you can imagine, that's when we put ourselves in a position to receive God's help. And it all begins with the willingness to accept God's love and believe that he will, in fact, defeat Satan in this spiritual warfare. It all begins with the willingness to seek God, to know him, trust him, and then we begin to see his healing power in our lives. Now, I ask you to reference Luke eight forty three through 48. Let's meet a timid woman who found the courage to seek out Jesus and trust him to heal her from an incurable affliction. When Jesus traveled the lands, there were always crowds of sick people pressing in on him. And one day there was a woman in the crowd who suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She could not find a cure. She spent her life savings on physicians to no avail. But with faith, she came up and touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately she was healed. Now, Jesus realized that someone had touched him because he felt the healing power go out from him. And when the woman confessed that she was the one who had been healed, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So what are we all to learn from this? Well, it teaches in Matthew that Jesus healed many people from their diseases and illness. He was the great physician, and this woman believed he was the great physician. She believed that the faith that she had would heal her. Now, when Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples laughed. Peter said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. They're all crowding around you. But Jesus said, no, no. Faith touched me. You see, he asked that question because he wanted the crowd to heal this lady's testimony of healing. Listen, no one touches Jesus by faith without his knowing it. No one touches Jesus by faith without a blessing. And no one confesses him openly, as this woman did, without assurance of salvation. So for you and I to recover, we must follow the example of this woman. When we come to believe in God, a power greater than ourselves, and we have the faith to take hold of our own recovery, we find the healing power we've been looking for. When we know God and trust God, our despair turns to hope. Do you know God? Do you know how to know God? Well, Jesus tells you in John fourteen six, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I trust you accept Jesus as your Savior today. I trust that you accept Jesus as the great physician that will heal you physically, mentally, 
and spiritually. Amen. Next week, we're going to introduce the third step of recovery that we made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God. And I want you to reference Luke 23, verses 32 through 43.